Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Welcome back to the show. Julian DeStute with you. Simon Caddish not too far away to preview day two of the second test at Adelaide Oval. Can we put a, a sheet up or something, boys? Looking at Johnny Donahue through the window at the moment after a big night, is it's a little bit tough. So we... <laughs> It's a waft coming through the studio as well. Uh, speaking of the SEN team, congratulations to our own Joel Brooks, our breakfast producer. Just one of those people you meet in life that is never flustered, uh, Joel Brooks. Uh, he and his wife, Ashley, welcomed their second child to the world earlier this week, Billy Robert Brooks. Uh, Billy Brooks, what a name uh, that is. And as his wife said on social media, uh, Billy has already got a lifelong membership to the Bulldog Nuffy Club. So well done to Joel and Ashley, uh, a fantastic uh Week uh, for the family. Uh, just before we get to Simon Cadditch, it was a great day uh, yesterday for the Aussies. A lot of talk about the West Indies and their tactics, and we'll get stuck into that uh, with Simon. But uh, you've got to cash in at times, and certainly Marnus Labashain and Travis Head did that on day one. Thomas bowls to Labashain, who punches hard to deep point. It'll go all the way. Labashain is reprising the summer of Marnus. Three consecutive centuries. And that's his fourth against the pink ball. He is the preeminent player in day-night test cricket. What an occupying force he has proven himself to be against the West Indies. Joseph Bowles, head drives straight through the field. He'll go for four. What a proud moment in South Australian sporting history this is. The state captain with a test century on Adelaide Oval. Travis Head, the moment is yours, and it's shared by a proud state. First time in 27 years that it's happened. Yeah, Greg Blewett was the previous uh, way back in 1995. Simon Cadditch was there as part of the SEN Test Cricket commentary team watching all the action. He joins us this morning. Hello, Simon. Good morning, Julian. Always a nice moment, I'm, I'm sure, when you score a 100 on your home deck, and I guess particularly for Travis Head when you're coming off 99 in the previous test. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, he had a fantastic summer last year in the Ashes, but uh, to be able to break that hoodoo of no South Australian batsman scoring 100 here at the Adelaide Oval on what has been a great batting track over the years since 1995, it's remarkable to think, given you know they've had some very good batsmen from this uh, neck of the woods in, in Bluey and, and Darren Lehman and now Travis Head, who's making a, uh, you know, a very making that number five spot his own. Um, yeah, he played magnificently, timed the ball beautifully, and just backed up Marnus Labuschagne in what was a you know an unbeaten partnership, and they'll start again today with plans of probably trying to double up those hundreds into double hundreds, like we saw in Perth last week. Marnus is just going extraordinarily well, 61 averaging in Test cricket now, 76 uh, in Australian conditions. He loves Adelaide Oval. Uh, that's three centuries at, at Adelaide Oval. Why is he such a difficult player to remove when you're in the opposition attack? Yeah, look, I mean, he's got a very he's technically very good. And I think everyone's sort of heard and um, 
talked about the energy he brings to this group and his love of the game and passion for batting. And I think that's what we're seeing at the moment. Prior to yesterday, he was only 12 runs behind David Warner in pink ball tests in runs. And he'd played two less tests. Uh, was averaging just under 70 in pink ball tests with 300s and 350s. And now he's on another 100-odd not out after you know, 300 runs in um, in Perth in the first test. So I think it's, yeah, it's a combination of, of everything, really, technical and, and then mental, and he's just got this real hunger for runs. The hard thing about you have the temper at the moment, this West Indies attack is poor, and there's not a lot of firepower in it, and as a result, the Australian batsmen are making merry. So I think it'll be a different case when South Africa get here. I still think the Australian mm. batsmen will do very well because they're quality players, don't get me wrong. But I think at the moment, what we're seeing, I think some of these Australian batsmen will get tested more in a Shield game or even in club cricket compared to what some of the stuff the West Indies are serving up. So therefore, is it even more concerning around David Warner then? He hasn't cashed in. We know it's been a long time since a test century. We're not sure how long he's going to play test cricket for. Should he be concerned? Is the pressure building on Dave to, to get a big score? Yeah, look, it's obviously a fair bit happening in his life at the mm. moment with, with the hearing and everything that's just unfolded in the last day or so, but or didn't unfold. But, yeah, in terms of where he's at, obviously his numbers in 2022 in Test cricket uh, in particular haven't been great by his standards. Uh, and his record here in Australia is, is phenomenal. But this summer uh, has been a tough one for him. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes in Test cricket you do, you know, get good balls early, but in these last two dismissals, he's pretty much got himself out both times, dragging one on in Perth and then nicking one yesterday after he'd played a couple of nice shots earlier in the over off Joseph. So, yeah, look, he'll be obviously asking that question of himself, only he knows where he's at. Um, but, yeah, in terms of where this Australian batting lineup is at, it's, it's a quality batting lineup. It's just, it's hard to get a gauge on exactly where they're at because of the quality of the West Indian lineup. Just on that, uh, so far in this series, you know, Cam Green and Alex Carey are getting, you know, they're not batting. Uh, and as you say, we're coming up against South Africa, a far better, got a far better attack. Is that a concern? Yeah, it is a bit of a concern because obviously those boys would like to be spending some time at the crease. They're not. Obviously, there's a concern around the fitness of some of our quicks because a number of them came into this series underdone in terms of their preparation with red ball cricket. Yes, they had played a fair bit of cricket with the T20 World Cup and ODIs against England, but they were underdone in test cricket. And then we've seen Cummins go down with a side, now Hazel with a side, and we don't know when they're going to be back. So it'll be a different Australian uh, bowling lineup here in Adelaide, but I'd expect them to still get the job done here, um, given their quality. But South Africa will be a different proposition. They've got some very exciting quicks. The only thing is they've got quite an inexperienced batting lineup themselves. So that'll be the challenge for them because England rolled them recently in England after going 1-0 up. Speaking of Simon Cage, you'll be part of the SEN Test cricket team again this afternoon. Josh Hazelwood, we hear side strains with bowlers and it's always a concern. It, it cost him last summer as well. Is that is that a bit of a concern for you when you heard that was the injury that was keeping him out? Well, I mean, we were concerned when um, we were talking about the test in Perth as it was happening around you know the, the bowlers spending a long time out in the field and if the West Indies wear them down there's the potential that they will get easier runs as they tire, but also physically how they would back up for the second innings, given that you know they batted so long and they didn't get much of a chance uh, to have a break, given that Australia made nearly 600 runs in that first innings. So it didn't really come as a surprise to see a couple of them go down injured with their lack of preparation. 
you obviously don't want to wish that on anyone. And, and Josh Hazelwood has unfortunately had that happen to him twice now in the last two summers. So his T20 cricket's gone through the roof, but he's only this is his third test for the year um, in test cricket for a variety of factors, whether it's balance of the team in Pakistan where he missed down a couple of tests and Sri Lanka in, in sort of the middle of the year. But he just hasn't had the volume of red ball cricket. And that'll be the question that the Australian hierarchy are asking themselves now about his conditioning and where he needs to get to so that he can keep playing test cricket a lot longer. Just with the West Indies, you mentioned it uh, near the top of this interview. What was the most disappointing part of their performance yesterday? Was it the way the bowlers actually bowled? Was it the captaincy, the way they were used? What, what disappointed you the most? I think, look, it's hard for the captain. He's only got so much at his disposal. He doesn't have a lot of weapons in that bowling lineup. He's, he's only got Alzari Joseph bowling over 140 k's an hour, which in our conditions against our batsmen who know these conditions are the back of their hand, there was no pressure on their decision-making because a lot of the stuff they were facing was in the 120s. And that's the sort of stuff they're going to face, you know, not even at probably shield level, probably more so at club level. So... There wasn't a lot of questions early on. Jason Holder, he struggled this series. He's well down on where he should be at uh, with the ball. Young Anderson Phillip, was only, he's only this is his second test, so he's still inexperienced. They had a young kid come off the plane in Minley who ended up breaking down in his second over. He's only just got off the plane from a long-haul flight from the Caribbean. So they don't have a spinner. I mean, Roston Chase is probably a part-time spinner at test level. So... I think there was a combination of not a lot of firepower up his sleeve, but then also the tactics were questionable. I mean, he brought Roston Chase on quite early mm. uh, when, you know, spin's not really playing a big part early in the test match with a pink ball. And then, yeah, he, he then had the spinners operating around the 50 over mark through the middle of the, the night, both in tandem when he had, you know, four seamers. He could have used one at one end and, and then maybe used the spinner for three or four overs for a bit just to have a break. But, it, yeah, it was all over the place, and they just look like a, a really tired team that's ready to get home. Just finally, before I let you go, you're going to have Nick Hockley on the on the coverage uh, from 1 o'clock today. And we heard Pat Cummins yesterday say everyone's behind Dave Warner, but you've been in dressing rooms. Would How much of those comments, particularly from his manager, James Erskine, raise some eyebrows amongst some of his teammates, particularly at those that, that might have been in South Africa four years ago? Yeah, look, I'm not sure uh, those comments, uh, how they've gone down with the team, but I, I dare say it's it's opened up a can of worms at Cricket Australia and also uh, within that dressing room because I don't think when Pat Cummins probably made that comment, he would have known what uh, James Erskine had said. So it will be interesting to see how this plays out because whilst he didn't name names, he certainly insinuated about some of the stuff that potentially happened in Cape Town and that's that's what is going to be the, the talking point, no doubt, for today and, and for the rest of this test match because uh, it was a big bomb that got dropped yesterday. Yeah, it was a big day. We look forward to the coverage from 1 o'clock. Uh, Nick Hockley, a special guest uh, with the boys. Simon, again, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure.